0: Welcome to the Wombs of Glory podcast. I am your host, Natalia, a fertility, birth, and postpartum doula. My passion is mixing healing with womanhood while grounding that out in faith. I'm here to share my story and bring you the beautiful testimonies of women who have walked through seasons that God so beautifully designed for them. These Holy Spirit-led conversations are meant to inspire you to learn and to let Jesus assist you in writing your story. Through pain, heartbreak, healing, and flourishing, the journey is about aspiring to live a life passionate about God's master plan for your womanhood. Ready to be inspired to share your story? Then let's go. Okay, well, welcome to episode seven of the Wombs of Glory podcast. I am joined by Paige today and I'm so excited. I've been waiting for this all day. So Mm -hmm. I am so excited to sit down with you.
1: (laughs) Yes, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Can't wait to see
0: where this goes. Yeah, me too. I'm so excited. Um, Well, I'll just open us in prayer and then we'll get started. So Father, we just come before you and we thank you so much again. I say this every week, but I'm just, it's such an honor to be able to create community and to be able to create community with people who don't even live in the same country and continent and all that kind of fun stuff. And I just thank you for blessing so many amazing women who get to come on and talk to me and inspire me and share just the goodness of your glory. And so we just ask that you just come and we just prepare our hearts to be able to share our stories. So Mm. amen. Yeah. Amen. Um, Well, why don't you go ahead and just kind of introduce who you are? You can tell us about your family, just anything.
1: Yeah. Okay, fun. Um, My name is Paige Geidel. I live in California, and I am almost 24 years old. My birthday is in like three weeks. Um, <laughs> I have been married to my husband, John, for four and a half years, got married when I was 19, and we're from the same small town in Kansas, um, living in California now, just recently and last year relocated for his job. And we have two daughters. Flora is three. Juliet is um 19 months. And then I am actually like 19 weeks pregnant with our third baby. We're having a boy this fall, which is so fun. So he's oh, due that's so exciting. Um like the very end of September. So
0: Aww, that's so exciting. Yeah, well, congratulations thank you. and happy birthday. <laughs> yes, thanks. Lots going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um well you also have a podcast which is how I found you um yeah. I've been listening to your podcast for um a couple of years and, oh my gosh <laughs> um, yeah so you can go ahead and tell us kind of what your podcast is about
1: yeah yeah it's so fun um I just am still just blown away that people like find it, listen to it because it feels in some ways so scrapped together. But that's I guess just goes to show like the Holy Spirit doing its thing, you know? Um yeah, I host a podcast called Love in a Cottage, and it's for creative Christian women kind of chatting about marriage, motherhood, homemaking, and following Jesus and lots of things in between. I used to say it was for women in their 20s, which I guess that is definitely true. Um, But it's been amazing to hear how like women from late teens to like mid or later 30s are like resonating with things. And so mm-hmm. I try to be like a little bit more Inclusive, but I guess it's just when I started, I was like, I'm in my 20s mm-hmm. and um, really just wanted to hear other women's stories, share other women's stories, and um, create a community of women who were interested in the same things or maybe like in a season of life where they didn't necessarily have friends like in person or a community in person in the same season of life um, where they could feel like seen and inspired and um, understood. So mm-hmm. yeah, we've been on a bit of a break just because we made this move to California and I've kind of just been trying to like find my footing, stay at home mom, like kind of lost my whole support system um, in moving away from family. But hopefully it will be returning the end of this month because I have some episodes ready to go. So
0: yeah, I can't
1: wait to listen to
0: it when it comes back. I we're in the height of gardening season right now and I always that's my podcast season. So <laughs> Yes, yeah. I'll, I'll watch for those new episodes. Oh fun. Um yeah, it's really cool because I was just on Instagram and I had recorded I think just a couple with some people, a couple podcasts with people that I knew, and then I was like, oh man, just like God, just like reveal, you know someone to come on and it was you your story like literally came up right as I went on Instagram and oh I hadn't gosh. seen I follow you I think I follow your personal one and your podcast one but then I have multiple accounts so I yeah. like sometimes people get lost and then yeah there you were so I thought it was so cool and it's your podcast is just about women and we're relatively the same age I'll be 23 at the end of the year okay cool. um and yeah, I also got married when I was 19. So I it was just it. like, it felt like just such a cool God thing that you showed up on my Instagram. And then I reached out and you were like, oh my gosh, I'm like on my phone right now. <laughs> and so you replied yes. like right away, which is so yes,
1: cool. Which almost never happens. And I just feel like I haven't been on Instagram much at all either. So mm-hmm. that's so funny that I even like posted a story because I'm like, I feel like I barely post these days, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Lord just yeah, orchestrated it all. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I know. It
0: was really cool. Well, um, because you have your podcast, like what has it kind of meant to you to be able to chat with just like so many women? Because your podcast just has, you know, everything from like you said, like homemaking and motherhood and, you know, you have some on like your birth stories are on there just like, you know, you yeah. have so much, but it's just cool. So what has that kind of meant to you to be able to? you know, talk with all that, all those women.
1: Yeah. Wow. Well, I think, um, really it's just shown me like the power of testimony, like, Mm -hmm. and how much that can build our faith and encourage us in hard times. And, um, I always joke that I'm like pregnant, which I I am pregnant. (laughs) And so I feel like I cry all the time, which is so funny because yeah, I'm like, why am I crying right now? Um, but yeah, I think it's it's true like just testimony um the power of these women like being vulnerable and sharing their stories has done so much honestly just in my life. Like I'm so blessed every time I get to hear women's stories and I think what's so funny is most of the time <laughs> how I like find guests, maybe it'll be like someone who I become friends with kind of on Instagram, or I just think Mm -hmm. their content's so beautiful or they dress their kids so cute or something. And that's kind of what initially like draws me in, right? Like I resonate with their aesthetic or parenting style, whatever, Mm. something like superficial, right? That's fun, but like not, there's not a lot of depth. And, um, almost every single time it's like, the Lord just reveals to both of us, whether it's like before the podcast or in the middle of it, you know, the depth of their story. Maybe they walk through like some extreme suffering or they just like have, yeah, some powerful testimony that is used to encourage me and so many others. So it's like just funny what initially brings us together is like mm-hmm. beauty and like we like the same coffee or whatever. But the Lord always uses it um in a bigger way to bring glory and encouragement. And so I find myself thinking back to podcasts that um I've recorded with women and being like, wow, I remember when she shared that and like it's so crazy because that conversation that I had with this person was like over a year ago, but that's still coming to mind and encouraging me today. And so yeah, I just personally have been blessed and then it's been so amazing to like share those stories, obviously with the world, I guess. And to hear like so many messages of, I think one of the most common messages I get is from women who are like, um, earlier mid twenties who are like, I just got married and I found out I'm pregnant and we weren't expecting to get pregnant. And I was really scared, but then I listened to your podcast and now I'm excited to be a mom or something like that. And I'm just like, Lord, how like, man, that's just amazing. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I feel really honored that I get to to do that, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really cool. I definitely feel that. I mean, I'm only seven episodes in, but like I, on Monday I was listening to um, episode five and I was just like, wow, I like got so much out of it. And I was there. I like told my mom, I'm like, it's so crazy. You like, will go back and listen to it or edit it. And you're like, Wow, that's just like so cool. And then you hope that it impacts people in the way that it impacted you, even though you were literally there. It's like totally.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, it's like different brains. Like my husband, I kind of explained to him, like, obviously, when you're having the conversation, there's a level of not performance, but you're just like on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and you're like engaged and then you're editing and you're just listening for the things that you need mm-hmm. to edit out. So you're like kind of half there, kind of not in a different brain space. Yeah. And then when you go back and listen, once it's like fully edited and released, yeah. Like the Lord then is able to bless you again in that yeah. conversation. So it sounds like you had a similar experience.
0: Yeah. And I love that you just said like the power of testimony. Cause I just love that and being able to talk through people's stories, whatever that looked like and whatever they feel like, you know, they kind of want to share is always just like so cool. And I just leave and I'm like, oh, wow, like that was so fun. And I just look forward to doing it every week. So yeah, that's so fun. I love yeah. that. <laughs> um, well, I said in on the episode that was released today, which was episode six, um, that I'm probably going to ask this every episode, but like, where do you kind of see God the most in your life right now? Oh man, that's such a great question.
1: Um, so we moved to California eight or nine months ago and I'll try to be somewhat brief, but it was like uh not an unexpected move, but kind of we had been in Southern California. Um, for me to finish I, I went to college there and then my husband started grad school, so he finished grad school and after that season we moved back to the midwest to be with family to kansas and um that was a really sweet season also a really hard season cuz we were waiting on all kinds of license things with his job he's a therapist um and then we had some things fall through with his license and like the legalities of it and so it's kind of like our plan it was totally like our plan b to like relocate but we kind of were in a spot where we needed to take a break from pursuing his therapy licensure and just kind of gain some, I guess, like stability. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we ended up moving back to California except like six hours North of where we were. So it wasn't like we were moving back to like this nest of like, Oh, our community, like we're back. Mm-hmm. Like, yay. It's so good to be back. It was yeah. completely different part. Um, And up until I'd say about a month ago, I was just bitter, sad, really having a hard time, like having a super hard time adjusting to where we moved. There's a lot of different parts of California that are fun and beautiful. And where we live is not, in my opinion, one of them, or I've just had a hard time like finding um, community. And, you know, we're not in like, I guess the most beautiful part, but it's still really expensive and just like a number of factors that has made it really hard. But um, through prayer and like an amazing mentor who I get to chat with regularly, um, the Lord just like finally broke through because I didn't want to stay in that like bitter Sad, angry place, but that's just like honestly where I was at. And I feel like it also was totally in conjunction with like hitting my second trimester oh, and the weather okay. shifting. And it was like everything hard was at once for like a good three months. And then now I feel like everything good and easy and beautiful has like come at once as well. So it's kind of interesting how those things happen all at yeah. the same time. But um, yeah. yeah, I really see the Lord in my life right now. Like having helped me, he helped me move into that place of like surrender and acceptance and joy, mm-hmm. even though our circumstances have been challenging and not my favorite. And yeah, he's just really like
0: fathered me through it. I mm-hmm. think Does that makes sense. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I find like changes hard. Yeah. for me naturally like I don't know I like it's like I always kind of think about it like when I graduated high school it was like no biggie but then like when my husband graduated high school because he graduated a year um after me it was like okay I couldn't like handle it it was like so weird so like certain parts of yeah. would just be so hard and then do you have like family in that area or you said no
1: so we yeah uh, we we're in Southern California before with no family, but we had built just a great community there through our church and um, through my college. So whenever we moved to Kansas, it was like where we both grew up our whole lives. Hmm. So even just there was that level of security of like, we didn't necessarily have a ton of like high school friends who lived there, but like we knew people we knew like every time we left the house, we like saw people we knew. Um, And then my parents were there. And then all of his family was like a three-hour drive away. So just a super familiar place. Um, And so we left all of that to come to where we are now. And my husband actually works at our church. Um, That's what brought us here. So he took a break from pursuing his therapy licensure to go back into vocational ministry. Um, So, yeah, I've never been – he was a youth pastor when we – met and we're engaged, but we've never been like married full-time vocational ministry together. Mm -hmm. So I think that is like its own thing as well. And I've kind of had to sit in the challenges of like, um, like our church has no young families Mm -hmm. and my kids are the only ones at the nursery. And just some of those things where it's like, this is our church and our support system, but this is also his job mm-hmm. and that's messy and the ways and places in which I would generally find support and feel confident. Cause I'm pretty outgoing like, Oh, I'll just like go to a small group or go to a mom's group. Like mm-hmm. the church where we're serving doesn't have any of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's been like an added layer of uh, confusion or,
0: just hardness, I guess. Right. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. Um, well, we can kind of like jump back a little bit if you don't mind just talking about kind of like, well, you got married at 19. So you were in school when you got married?
1: Yes. Yeah. I, um, met my husband. Well, I guess you could say that we knew each other growing up. He was four years older. Um, but we were never in school at the same time, like in the same school at the same time. Right. So like when I was in eighth grade, he was a senior, which feels so funny to say. (laughs) Um, so we knew of each other. I definitely knew who he was, but it was my like freshman year of college when I was home for Christmas break. And that's when we like quote met and like started dating. So when we actually got married, it was, um, I kind of did college and I did got my bachelor's degree in two and a half years. So it's kind of weird. It was like my second year of college. Um, so I guess technically the first semester of my sophomore year, but I actually graduated one year later. So
0: yeah, okay. just kind of <laughs> confusing. But yeah, yes, a short answer is yes. I was still in school okay. when we got married. So what did that season kind of look like? Like what made you I mean, you were obviously younger than him, but what did that kind of look like?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because I think like in high school and even before that, I had always been open to like getting married young and I'm an only child, but I always wanted a big family. And so even just like having lots of kids and like homeschooling and things were things that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But I... Kind of the trajectory I was on was more like, I guess, career oriented. My degrees in public relations, mm-hmm. and I actually did beauty pageants in high school, which is pretty funny to oh. me now, <laughs> just a lifetime ago. But just that culture is very much like, I guess, girl boss esque, mm-hmm. and so I was kind of like on that trajectory, and yeah, then met my husband, and was like, wait, like. I love him and he it was helpful that he was out of college and like had been working a job so I had that like i guess level of security where I felt like jumping in um it wasn't like he was also a student it just felt like less i guess financial or logistical right. things to navigate um which now it's funny like that wouldn't necessarily discourage me from encouraging other people if like right. they're maybe both 19 or whatever but at the time it's just kind of what I was thinking um and so yeah it was i don't know just kind of a no brainer we were like we love each other we know like he's older and let's just do it and i had been planning to study abroad in london um in the spring of 2019. And so we like had that in our minds as well. And so we were kind of talking through it. And originally we were thinking about getting married in like the summer of 2019, but Mm -hmm. we were like, man, we're going to have to like plan a wedding and navigate this like what, eight hour, 10 hour um, time difference. Like we should just get married before and then you Mm -hmm. can come. And so that's what we did. We like timed it over my Thanksgiving break, which was so fun.
0: Well, that's fun. <laughs> that's
1: yeah. Awesome. So it was like a crazy time. It was a blizzard, and John got the stomach flu the day of our wedding, but oh, we got oh. married and it oh was the best.
0: Gosh. Oh my God. <laughs> but it was a little crazy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's it's cool funny you- now. Yeah. That's cool that you got to go together and kind of have that experience of like, Early, you know, like early marriage, getting to go yeah. on this, like, a really fun adventure. which is Yeah.
1: Cool. No, it was really special, especially because we got pregnant like eight months into marriage. And I think, um, which we were so excited and it wasn't kind of, kind of a surprise, kind of not a surprise, but like, I think even just having that like really fun experience of getting to travel abroad to hold on to mm-hmm. in the moments where we feel like, what were we thinking we were not prepared like we should have had more time or more money or whatever it is like we can just appreciate like but we got to do that together and that was so special mm-hmm. um you know so yeah yeah that, that was really fun cool. well yeah. that was
0: yeah that's a pretty good segue into kind of just your early motherhood journey cuz being married for only 8 months and then finding out you're pregnant what did that kind of look like even just with your relationship with god like what did that kind of look like?
1: Yeah. I think honestly, my getting pregnant at the time that I did only becomes like more and more miraculous to me as time goes on because my mom and my grandmother and my auntie all took like 10 years to to conceive their first child because, Mm -hmm. um, they'll have endometriosis and I was diagnosed with endometriosis as well. And so part of John and my, like philosophy, I guess, was, um, we didn't want to do hormonal birth control for a number of reasons. Mm -hmm. And so we did family planning, um, like, I was just aware of my cycle and whatnot, I guess, prevention. But once – I remember once we hit, like, April, we were like, okay, if we got pregnant right now, I will be, like, graduated from college. Right. Um, and because I was so close to being done, we were like, if we can just hold off until April, at that point, we would have only been married for five months. Like, then we're just not going to, like, prevent. We're not going to, like, try. Be like, we're ovulating, you know, let's go. but. Right. Um, we're just not going to prevent and see what happens. And I think we both just thought like, oh, it'll probably be like at least two years because look at all these like struggles of, um, the women in my family and my own diagnosis. And three months later I was pregnant. So like the biggest blessing in the world, um, kind of a shock, kind of a shock, but also not because we'd had that conversation and right. we weren't i guess doing anything to prevent so yeah um but like i said i think that only becomes more and more miraculous not only contrasting my story with like the women in my family
0: mm-hmm.
1: and how the lord really brought glory and redemption through my story but also man i see this with so much like just empathy and like brokenheartedness like i have so many friends now only three years into motherhood who are navigating infertility. Like some of them like have a child already Mm -hmm. and they didn't have any trouble getting pregnant with that child. And now they're like, wait, I thought like I could just get pregnant again, like trying for their Mm -hmm. second or third. And then some friends just longing for a baby and they've lost some. And like just the miracle of life and pregnancy like becomes more miraculous to me like year after year. And like yeah, just how the Lord every baby is a a grace to us. So mm-hmm. um yeah, I think motherhood I was so excited to enter and so naive. Like I think some women are like nervous and they like kind of at a certain level grasp the weight of like my life is going to change, my responsibilities and priorities are going to change. And I was kind of the opposite. I like did not <laughs> get it. Like I was like, well, yeah, the baby's just going to come with me everywhere and I'm not going to stop my life, which is true. Like I never want to discourage people and be like, you're just home and chained to a nap schedule. But like, Mm -hmm. I think that I did not think I would have to like sacrifice or surrender anything. And man, motherhood is just sanctifying. Like, it's been so good. I tell people, like, I think that I needed to, the Lord has really used, like, me becoming a mom so early in my marriage and just in my journey because I think had I, um, had we waited or had it taken longer, I kind of just could have continued on, like, honestly living for myself and, um, I guess being successful, what that had meant to me at the time or in the world's eyes, like I was good at like following the rules and being an overachiever and impressing people and performing and all these things. And motherhood has just humbled me so much, so, so much in the best way. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm really grateful that I got to become a mom so young.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. I think that it's cool that you can speak to that even just on your podcast like i know when i was listening a couple years ago um you started your podcast in 2021 yeah 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 i can't so, believe that
1: was like two years
0: ago already yeah That's crazy. So <laughs> i got married in 2020 so i would have found your okay. podcast right after um yeah got married and so yeah it was just cool like you know just the influence of you getting to speak to young motherhood was really cool because mm. like i just I love that, and that's like the desires of my heart too. Is to be a mo- yeah. is to be a mother, and I just obviously this podcast is all just about like womanhood in general, and just you know incorporating Jesus. But yeah, it was cool to hear yeah. your story, and then well, you sh- and then I found you. your podcast, and then it was like yeah. wow, like yeah, people are doing it. Like that's so cool.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, they are, and it's amazing. Like I have found so many friends like through the podcast. Like truly, some of my good friends who I love like messaging or calling on the phone like in real yeah. life off of social media's like through the podcast and yeah I think that's definitely a a message that I want to like share with women is like don't let like if the lord is calling you and your husband or even like your boyfriend to like young marriage or if the lord mm-hmm. is calling you and your husband to like having a child like I know it's hard if you're the first one to enter that season mm-hmm. I know it can be so hard, but like, don't allow that to stop you from yeah. that fear to stop you, you know, from what yeah. the Lord is calling you to. So I love that you share in that passion as yeah. well.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Um, So then what did it look like kind of when your daughter arrived? What did that season kind of look like for you and your husband and even just like your walk with Jesus? And, you know, because I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, I don't get the same time with Jesus that I did without Mm. any kids but then you also have like you said like it was just you know the whole process was just like miraculous to you yeah and you're looking at like this perfect you know like little gift like what did that yeah like
1: oh man it's still I mean it's fun because like I know that you know like the story but yeah when Flora was born it was March 2020 So everyone knows (laughs) March 2020 was a crazy time. Uh, Along with the world shutting down, her birth was also extremely traumatic. It was Mm -hmm. C-section that we hadn't anticipated, NICU time, navigating COVID things, like so much. And I had a lot of birth trauma. I didn't even have the language for that, like birth Mm -hmm. trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of like attachment issues with her like bonding issues and actually motherhood initially it wasn't it wasn't a letdown but it wasn't this like beautiful like like it makes me so sad I think still um, to feel like I knew I had an idea of what it was going to feel like to hold Flora and to nurse her and I had an idea of what I wanted it to look like or what I thought it should but I don't know. I just my identity was so like altered and I just didn't know how to process it combined with like we didn't get skin to skin the first two hours and then all of this NICU like I was just unable to spend the first like two weeks of her life just like loving her and bonding with her and caring for her. It felt like that was taken from me because instead I was having to navigate C-section recovery and nurses who weren't honoring our wishes or communicating well. It was like we we're just battling all these barriers, right? So mm-hmm. I didn't get this just like gold and precious time. Um, and at the time, I just – I didn't really know that many moms. The few moms I knew – the very few moms I knew hadn't experienced birth trauma, so they couldn't like recognize or speak to anything. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of like blindly at home trying to figure out what I was doing. Right. And – um. Yeah, just really the next, I would say, year, I was kind of fighting, um, not fighting motherhood, but because I I stayed at home, I have stayed at home full time. I'm so Mm -hmm. grateful that I've been able to do that. But I was kind of just like having an identity crisis because I think of the birth trauma and just not being able to understand what had happened. Um, And so I remember like, I don't know, just like wanting Flora to fall asleep so I could just go do whatever I want. (laughs) Like, and just like being on Instagram all the time, right? I mean, it was like, again, this is like now May 2020. So everyone's like, everything's shut down. Everyone's turning to their phones and just their screen time is up like a million percent. And, And just the timing of it, like the support system we had in place, everyone's lives are imploding. So no one's not no one, but people weren't like checking on us to the gr- degree that we had originally hoped for or planned for, right. which I understand. Um, but yeah, I just am so grieved. But I, I have so much. I, I am able to see and understand that, like, um, I was just incapable because of the trauma that I had experienced mm-hmm. and because of the the lack of support or because mm-hmm. no one was seeing me and being like Paige this is what's happening right now, you know? And so um, there were some good days, but John was still in full-time grad school, just like a million stressors. (laughs) And so it was hard. It was hard. And I'm grateful I was able to nurse Flora um, for a good year. But just the first year of her life, I wish I could do so differently. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wish I just would have like fully leaned into like giving my life away and loving it. You know, it's a process. And I think I had never had to do that before. Like really in my life up until that point, um, I, I hadn't, yes, I had been married for a while, but John is pretty accommodated. Like, I don't know. I just, we were also still kind of in the newlywed season. So just like sharing and, and people asking things of me, like, that was also new, like having no siblings, that wasn't like a daily thing I was already used to doing. And obviously, even if you do grow up with siblings, like I think motherhood is still a shock when you have like a crying nursing baby, like needing you, you know, at Mm -hmm. all times. Um, and somehow in the midst of that, I like (laughs) the Lord gave me the desire to get pregnant, you know, Mm -hmm. like not even a year after Flora was born. um, so we got pregnant with Juliet again when Flora was eight months later, when Flora was eight months old. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Amazing. So those two are 17 and a half months apart.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Which now I'm like, again, kind of the mental like headspace I was in. I didn't know I was in that headspace, but mm-hmm. it is kind of wild that I like, I think I wanted a redeeming like birth. And I think at that point I was somewhat aware like, Man, I really, I hear these moms talk about the way that they feel with their babies. And I love Flora so much. It's just felt like the hard outweighed, didn't outweigh the good. That's not the best way of saying it. But the hard was just so hard and so mm-hmm. overwhelming. Um, and now, I mean, Flora and I are so close and have so, Aww. so, so much fun together. God, I feel like just redeems things every single day. Um, But yeah, it's taken a lot for me to be able to like say some of those things
0: Mm
1: -hmm. out loud and confidently because it grieves me you know yeah
0: yeah I mean like obviously the work I'm in is like we are assisting women to be able to walk through those seasons with them which is just like a huge heart of mine so it's like I wish I could just (laughs) you know I want to be like a doula to people who want to have like those redeeming stories and try and find and, you know, work on themselves and do the inner healing that maybe needs to be done. Yeah. Before they kind of continue into the next season. So,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Your work is so important. It really mm-hmm. is because I had like a fabulous like birth and doula mm-hmm. and just everything about Juliet's birth was like wonderful. And I try to remind myself, even just going back to the power of testimony, like it's wild how many people have resonated with like my postpartum with Flora and I've been like, wow, I'm so glad you shared that because I walked through that. And mm-hmm. to hear that, like I'm not alone or I, you're able to get through it or just all those things. I think about, you know, I have two daughters, like, Lord willing, they have babies of their own someday. And just walking through what I have, I would love to support and champion them and their postpartum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are things I dream about and ways that I pray that He can use that season to, you know, redeem future ones. So, Mm
0: -hmm. yeah. Well, you said a little bit that you, you know, you kind of had a little bit of redemption for um, Juliet's birth. So what did that kind of look like? I know you have a podcast on it, but
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was still crazy, which is funny. (laughs) It was still a crazy birth. Um, I had a fourth degree tear, Juliet's Mm -hmm. birth, but it was at home. It was a home VBAC with the most amazing midwife in the world. Her name is Lisa Marie Oxenham in Southern California, Mm -hmm. barefoot and midwifery. And um, she's fabulous. And like the first thing she did when I Signed up for care with her was send me to a therapist who is trained in EMDR um, mm-hmm. to help process birth trauma, which is mm-hmm. so good. So going into the birth, I felt um, like I had really been able to release a lot of that mm-hmm. um, fear and yeah, needing, feeling like I wasn't in control and um, just a lot, a lot of those beliefs and things. So yeah, Juliet was born on her due date. So funny, 9-11. And I had like prodromal labor. So uh, just, you know, contractions like pretty regularly off and on from 37 weeks until that uh, 40-week mark. But um, it was funny because in hindsight, it really – you know, hindsight. So 2020, like it really was not that long and not that bad, but because I had never experienced labor Mm. prior to that. So with Flora, it was like, um, I had a C-section. She had low fluid. She was breached, like just a number of things. I had gone with the traditional OB route. I, there's just a lot I didn't know. And so, Mm. um, yeah, with, with Juliet, I Didn't know what to expect with labor, right? So Mm -hmm. um, I think I felt a little insecure looking back, like, how will I know? And when do I call you and all those things? Mm -hmm. Um, Especially being at home, it's not like the decision to, like, drive to a hospital. It's like, I don't want to call you in the middle of the night, which every midwife is like, you're not bothering me. Like, this is my job, you know? (laughs) But I was still feeling that a little bit and um, ended up hiring a doula toward the end uh, named Abby. And she was fabulous. My midwife required a doula, but she was maybe gonna let me use like a friend, but she just really wanted like another woman support there. Um, which now I'm like, thank you for doing that because that pushed me to find Abby who just was amazing. Um, I remember. She just was so good at like applying counter pressure to my back like and John tried and I was like, I need Abby like you're not doing it right. Uh, I hope I'm nicer to John with this next labor. That's something I've like (laughs) kind of laughed about, but also really prayed about because I remember I asked him to pray when I was in like active labor. Um, and he starts too, and I was like, Pray better. That's what I said, <laughs> which luckily he laughs about now. Or I was like, I think I said pray seriously, <laughs> so he was dead serious. I don't know what I was thinking, but um, but the beauty of like the pajama labor was like start to finish. My body was so ready, mm-hmm. it was less than six hours of active labor, like amazing. So it was pretty quick. Um, I did have a fourth degree tear, which is kind of crazy, but I didn't even care. Like I truly, it was okay because I had the feedback. She was good. I was at home. Like I just really did not want to have to transfer and give birth at the hospital. Um, and so I did, it was funny. I had to transfer for the repair, but the way in which my midwife, um, did that. I mean, she was aware of timing, uh, but she also didn't rush and she wasn't panicking. So she allowed me to have like two hours in bed Mm. at home. I watched the sunrise with her on my chest and I remember drinking like a smoothie and eating like sourdough bread with raw butter and drinking raw milk. It was like the best moment. And, um, yeah, because she was born at like 5.45 in the morning. So I like got to watch the sunrise and uh, yeah, it was amazing. So, And actually, I think because of the repair um, and because I needed to be transferred, that was actually a somewhat redeeming experience. There were some bumps in the road, but my repair team was great. Like I had the most amazing repair. Some women, I feel for them so much. They have really terrible repairs and have to get subsequent repairs or doctors, you know, miss that it's a fourth degree and mistakenly, you know, diagnosed as a third. And so I was really cared for. And I think that even somewhat redeemed my, um, just kind of like medical trauma a little mm-hmm. bit and made me feel like more comfortable in that setting. And so, yeah, it's kind of funny, like C-section fourth degree tear I'm like hoping this is my least eventful birth yet and it's just like I'm planning for a home birth um with midwife it's it's a different midwife because I'm again I'm in a different part of California but Mm -hmm. um I kind of joke that like I've been through um two of the you know I guess more worst case scenarios when it comes to birth and you know having the outcome of course, thankfully with like a healthy baby. And so I'm ready for anything, but praying it's the least eventful. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, what has this kind of like pregnancy looked like in terms of how you're preparing um, even differently than the other ones? I mean, with your second, you had to obviously work through a lot of birth trauma. So what does this kind of pregnancy look like in- for preparation? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, it's been, to be honest, a lot of like survival mode just with the move. Um, And then now I would say I have two toddlers because Juliet is wild girl. She's so much fun running everywhere, climbing things like she and Flora are so they're both so feminine and girly and silly and get along so much. But it's like so many things that Flora never did. Like, Mm -hmm. never was, like, you know, touching outlets or whatever. It's, like, I had this beautiful, like, floral arrangement on the table, which I was aware. Like, Juliet will sometimes, like, climb, on, stand on a chair whatever, touch things on the table. But it's, like, I go to the bathroom today for 20 seconds. And Flora goes, oh, no, the flowers. She, like, in that 20 seconds, like, climbed up on a chair, flipped, like, the whole vase and all of the flowers off the table. And I'm just, like, (laughs) what? How? Um... So first trimester was so rough, so rough. Um I would say it's helpful. I now kind of have seen a pattern, which I'm still not sure exactly why this is, maybe of some insight, but um definitely with Juliet and with this pregnancy, my uh, like emotions. I'm like, I'd say it's like uh like perinatal depression almost like mm-hmm. just really struggle like emotionally. Um, and it, I had that with Juliet. So I guess I had this context a little bit to a certain degree where I was like, Oh, this is familiar. Like I just see that just the hard things feel extra hard and the sad things feel extra sad. Um, I also was nauseous with this pregnancy, which I had no nausea with either of the girls. And so it's funny, like the danger I think of, uh, now this being my third, me being like, well, this is the way my pregnancies are, or this is the way that like, you know, you hear moms who have had like six babies and they're like, well, this is how my labor goes. Um, and it's been a good reminder for me like, okay, uh, yeah, things can be different every time and the Lord truly is in control of everything, even though I'm like, I guess, quote, like more of a seasoned mom at this point. Um, So, yeah, it's just been pretty different. But second trimester has been such a gift. And I've definitely been starting to think more about birth as my capacity has Mm -hmm. expanded since I'm like out of the nausea and things. Um, Yeah, I think that really just like more than anything, I'm just in prayer about it. There's feels like there's a level of less pressure because I've had like, a successful back, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, I know my body can do it. I know more of what to expect. Um, I was doing a lot of, like, squats. I was on this particular regimen with a chiropractor uh, preparing for Juliet's birth. Um, I don't know. Part of me has been, like, should I be doing that? But I feel like I'm so active all day with these mm-hmm. girls. Um, and I, like, take, like – walks all the time that Mm -hmm. physically it's funny in some ways I feel like I'm in like not as good shape like I feel like I'm in I guess the worst shape of my life so far but also I'm so active it's kind of weird so I'm trying to just trust that like yeah the Lord will sustain my body and um something that's been hard is yeah just not having assumptions like oh, well, my last labor was six hours. So this time it's going to be like two or something. You know what I'm saying? Uh, And I'm just really praying that I don't, I guess, get caught up in like labor land because like I want to be more aware. I was definitely like in labor land and out of it. And with um, the nature of my tear and my repair, like I also did a ton of like pelvic floor Physical therapy, which was great, like after. Um, so I feel, I feel good, but I just want my body to really like stretch and obviously prevent another tear from happening. So,
0: Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Birth is crazy. (laughs) It is. It's so crazy. (laughs) Um, it was kind of interesting that you touched on your girls being really feminine because I actually, before, um, When I was waiting for like the time you were gonna jump on, I yeah for my marshmallows to fit. Yeah, (laughs) your marshmallows. Yeah, (laughs) I was actually wanting to chat about being feminine, and so I Mm. thought that was cool that you talked about your girls being really feminine, and then I wanted to chat about what it's like for you to kind of be raising girls, and like, is there, you know, do you feel like the Lord kind of? gave blessed you with two girls for a reason. And so it was funny that you kind of touched on Mm. both of them. So we can chat about, um, your girls first. So what is it kind of like to raise your girls?
1: Yeah. Oh, it's so precious. It's the best. I've always been like a pretty girly girl. Like I love everything like floral and ruffly, And, um, yeah, I guess, I don't know, maybe that would offend some people, but like my idea of like femininity, right? Like I just love being a girl and a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, And so having two girls, it's just so fun. I just want them to like love the way that God made them, right? Like I just want them to love and celebrate um their femininity. And so it's so fun. Like, Obviously, Flora's three. She has lots of questions, right? And um she'll say, you know, someday when I'm a mama, like I'll do Aww. this or that. And that just brings me so much joy. Um, mm-hmm. because I don't want her to feel like I don't know. I mean, I don't remember being a little girl and and looking at older women and necessarily thinking anything negative, but like one thing, um, that I do think about is like, I guess body image, like just wanting to speak so positively about like my body, especially right there. So young, they're still like watching me get dressed and like take showers and they're around me all the time. And I do remember, I guess, like pretty young, like seeing, um, like women, like grown women and thinking like, whoa, like their hips or their legs are so much like bigger than my tiny little legs, but not necessarily in a bad way until I heard other women like talking poorly and speaking poorly about their bodies. Right. And they're comparing themselves to how they looked when they were 14 or whatever. And, um, so that's kind of been something that I think has been really exciting to me. Um, and challenging at times for sure, because my body has gone through so many changes in the last couple of years. Like I've been pregnant or nursing for like four years. So, um, yeah, I don't even sometimes recognize my body or feel at home in it, but just wanting to like celebrate that with them, um, has been a huge, a huge thing. And I really try to think about like yeah, the culture I want to create for them and with them just in relationship. Um, Like my dream, I I have to be careful because I don't want to like, you know, place these expectations on my girls or this pressure. But like just a dream of mine would be that like they would want to live near me and John someday, especially as they're like starting a family. And that obviously the Lord would like lead them to want to be, near us, but, um, just what an honor and what a gift and what a treasure it would be to like, yeah, just be with it. Like just go grocery shopping with them. Right. Mm-hmm. And their littles or to like, just bring them meals or just like, I don't know, love them in this maternal way and in this friendship way, like for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I try to kind of like work backwards, right? Like, well, okay. What are they, what are the ways that I need to communicate my love for them and the ways I need to make them feel safe and heard now? Like maybe to some people that would feel a bit extreme, but like for them to want to be with me and to feel safe with me, um, and even to want to be like me, I, that sounds kind of like funny, I think to say out loud, but even just in like dressing, right? Like, um, don't get me wrong. I'm literally in like athletic shorts right <laughs> with this <laughs> shirt like I feel like I definitely uh have been wearing t-shirt and shorts way more than I would like to admit not that there's anything wrong with that but mm-hmm. I do just love dressing like curly and wearing all the like yeah um dresses and fun blouses and things and so something I've thought about in relation to, I guess, like femininity and raising girls is like, I just would love to be like their primary example. Um, I want them to trust me and to look up to me and look to me for like what it means to be like a biblical woman. And I have so far to go. I have so far to go. I've yelled at them so much in the last couple of days and lost my patience. Right. But it's like, I want them to see me and be like, oh, I don't have to wear a teeny tiny little dress that's showing off my whole body because I don't know. I just want them to see me and how I dress as like feminine and beautiful and not like out of the times or like ugly or whatever it is. Like, I get to be the primary um, example to them throughout their upbringing of what it means to be feminine and to to listen to the Holy Spirit and all of that. So that's really exciting to me most of the time, other times intimidating, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) I I love that. I, I just have like, obviously I have a huge heart for women, but I also just have like, yeah. Like I would love to go back and teach just like young women about just, you know, how their body works and yeah. Like how God created them. And I just think it's so, yes it's so special to be able to have like the education and the knowledge and then to be able to combine it with, you know, like a biblical understanding or just totally, you know, both. But yeah, I just, I love Yeah. That. I,
1: yeah. It is interesting. Like it throws me off whenever Flora asks these questions because she just turned three and it's like, I don't know when I expected her to start asking. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's like, she like sees the trash can when we're going to the bathroom in a public restroom. She's like, what's that? And I'm like, "Uh, it's where you put things like when you bleed, like when mama's bleed or whatever. And then she asks like, oh, like for when Dada bleeds. And then I'm like, ah, I like have to explain this. And like, it just throws me off when we're praying. And she's like, does this uncle have a penis? And I'm like, Yes. And just, you know, it's so jarring and hilarious to, like, hear this word come out of her mouth. But, like, I have that responsibility and that honor of teaching her. What a gift. Like, I don't know uh your upbringing or your experience, but I was handed – love you, mom. You'll probably listen to this. I was handed – an American Girl doll book with very graphic photos of like how to insert a tampon and like developing breasts. And I was so uncomfortable. I did not want to read it. It was weird. And that was like, basically my, you know, sex education and experience with like periods and stuff. So never thought I'd be having those conversations with my three-year-old, but it's also an honor.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so cool. Um, I grew up with two sisters. Um, okay. and so, Fine. yeah, it was like, it was fun. I don't think they ever really like talked to me in that way. It was probably mostly my mom, but yeah, yeah my, my sister has two girls and my niece, okay. um, She would have been three at the time. She just turned four. But she loves watching like animated birth videos, like more like the scientific kind. And I just like lit up. Like I was so excited, obviously, because that's what I'm into. But it was just, yeah, it was cool to see that. Yeah. Like at such a young age, they're interested in what we can do as women. So it was like, cool. My sister was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, this is, you know, you need to talk to Ann Gern about this because this is her like, you know. Um, this is her area. And so it was fun. She wanted to watch it like three times and I was just like floored because I was just like so excited. So like, I can't imagine, you know, I just, I get to experience that with my nieces, but yeah, to be able to experience that with daughters is so cool to just be able to be, you know, their role model is so cool. Totally. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's so much fun and so fun that you get to be Auntie to like those two nieces and have those conversations, <laughs> I just think those relationships between women are so special, like I would really love to see in my own family um just to have that like culture of women just like being together, um mm-hmm. cooking for each other, like yeah, birth, doing birth together, like child raising like um just in and out of each other's houses, like uh, I don't know, I'd love to see that kind of previous culture like
0: restored in our family you know
1: um that's a dream of mine
0: yeah i i think about that with like doula work too because anytime you read about it it's like yeah women supporting women and so it's like cool that i think there's like one male doula in canada but it's like all women say they don't want a man supporting their birth (laughs) not that it's like a sexist thing or anything is just like women have such a special heart for other women and yes, like sacred and vulnerable place. So why would you not want to be surrounded by a community of women?
1: (laughs) Totally. It almost reminds me of, I feel, I feel a little funny sharing this, but like John, my husband, so wise. I always tell him that he primes me for things, but he could give me advice or tell me something. 10 different times, like he could listen to me talk about something for an hour and a half, you know, over the course of like 10 different little interactions, give me great advice. And I'm like, yeah, 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 but yeah, but yeah, but. And then I like go get coffee with a really good friend and I come home and I'm like, guess what she told me. And it's exactly what he's been telling me, right? The whole time. And he's like, what? Like, And I always, I feel bad. I'm like, honey, you primed me to like hear this. The Lord just uses other person to, you know, (laughs) seal it in my heart. But it's like so true. Like we just, women need women. God designed us in that like communal way. And it's, it's special. I just love being a woman. (laughs) Yeah,
0: me too. I love that we, I love that the conversation went this way. Cause it was just like, I don't know. I just like, even just based on your podcast, like you just talk about everything from like homemaking and yeah, you're like a stay at home mom and you interview women. And I was like, I think this is like a good direction to go because I feel like knowing you and just based on listening to your podcast, I'm like, Oh, just like yeah, femininity is just important in some way. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, like she raises two girls. And so,
1: <laughs> yes, it's so fun. I'm really excited to have a boy. I think part of me was like, oh, are we going to have like little women, like, you know, mm-hmm. just a huge gang of girls. But I think having a boy is going to be really fun, too. And mm-hmm. especially since I was raised like as an only um, and my mom is very like feminine too. Like I just have a lot of experience at this point, which again, I love with like just feminine mm-hmm. households. But I am really excited for how this is going to like um, grow me. And I think, yeah, sometimes there can be imbalance in homes where it's like only daughters or only sons if parents aren't like hyper vigil. And it's just, I mean, at a certain level, I think like a natural thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Where homes can lead towards this is, again, a generalization, but like more emotionalism or more like like less emotionalism and like all logic, like my husband's one of three boys and like it's just a totally different dynamic. Right. But I am really just honored and grateful and excited for having just a mixture of Mm -hmm. sons and daughters um, and for what that's going to do just in my own, like, I guess, journey of sanctification mm-hmm. with the Lord through the Holy Spirit um, and just in our, like, family culture. So yeah. it's fun.
0: Yeah, it'll be fun. And your girls will just absolutely adore him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <bet>. Oh, yeah.
1: <sighs> yeah, John is already like, okay, but they're not going to, like, paint his nails or dress him up or anything like <laughs> you know, which is, I'm like, I know, but they're just going to adore him. It's fun. Yeah. And we'd love to have more like Lord willing after this. So I think that's kind of interesting as well as I'm aware that like something kind of gnarly happens in birth. I'm aware it like could be my last, like if I had another fourth degree tear um, or something just crazy, I'm like aware of that possibility, but obviously praying, against Mm -hmm. that and hoping I can have more after this. Um, so yeah, we'll see, we'll see what it all comes out to how many and what their genders are, but it's fun.
0: Yeah. It's fun to get to raise both. My sister has two girls and then my brother actually has three boys. So it's funny. They're both both raising (laughs) their gender. So it's kind of interesting, but it's, yeah, it's fun. Totally. Both raise them and yeah. Um, It's fun to have also nieces and nephews and watch that. And then my mom had two girls and then a boy and then a girl and the boy. Okay. So she will have had the same um, order as you. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Totally. That's so much fun. That's so fun. I didn't realize that you had, you had brothers too. And I bet that's so interesting to watch like you said how they're raising them and to mm-hmm. learn through that. Like that's such a gift. Yeah. Like John and I had literally never changed a diaper when mm-hmm. Flora was born. Like I had babysat like older kids. We had not held babies. We had one nephew at that point mm. and he turned one when Flora was born and we didn't live super close to him. So we would met him a couple times, but yeah, we just had zero experience, which is fine. Like, you don't mm-hmm. have to. But I also think, like, if you get to – and obviously the work that you do, too. Yeah. you around babies and stuff. But it's, like, if you get to watch people, like, have babies and raise them, like, mm-hmm. it's just such a gift. It's so yeah, cool. It's so
0: fun. It's so yeah. fun. Well, do you have anything that was kind of laid on your heart? We've been talking for a couple weeks. Um, and I don't know if I said, like, oh, you can just, like, pray if you want to. <laughs> talk about something. Um, but if you have anything else that you want to share. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I feel like, um, this season has just been
1: so interesting. I just want to encourage people to like lean into, um, surrender. And it's so hard that like surrender and acceptance. I feel like that's such a kind of theme in my, um, within my motherhood, like that's definitely one of the biggest things that the Lord has taught me through it. Um, whether that's letting go of like, and this is complicated, right? Because I'm such a, an advocate for like, um, women pursuing dreams, but also it's like, there is a time for everything, right? Like I'm sitting in my like quote sewing studio and I'm like, I don't think I've sewed in like four months, you know, (laughs) which is so sad, but it's like, there really is a time for everything. And so for me, like what it has looked like to be a good mother in this season um, and a faithful wife has been to like, you know, let go of some of my hobbies and just like try to keep my family fed in the midst of, um, yeah, feeling really nauseous and honestly, really lonely. And, um, yeah, I think and part of what that surrender has looked like has been going to the Lord in prayer and being like I'm angry and I'm sad and I'm bitter and I'm hurting and I don't I don't want to surrender. I don't know how to surrender. Like I think especially if you've like been a believer for a while or grown up in the church um it's easy to know what you like should pray, right? And to mm-hmm. be like Lord, I trust you. I know you're in control. I give you everything. It's like, but if I pray that I'm like not being honest, like that's not how I feel. Like, God, I'm mad. Like, I don't know what you're doing. This is, I'm not happy. Like this is not turning out how I expected. And I think just that raw honesty, um, is what actually like brought me to the point of this ultimate like breakthrough and surrender. Cause I wasn't like lying to him, you know, yeah. and, um, it took some like chiseling and I can't point to anything specific other than just like a lot of prayer walks and like honest conversations with him. And then having like a mentor who I was able to process through some of that with as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's a worthy fight to try to, like, <laughs> surrender um, to whatever situation it is that you're in. I don't know if that was cohesive at all, but I think that's kind of just my anthem right now, like, coming out of that, like, hard couple of months where I was just, like, in the pit. And now I feel like I'm out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um and that's kind of the message that I feel like God has put on my heart in this moment in time.
0: Mm. That's yeah. Awesome. Thanks. I love that. Thank yeah, you. it was encouraging. It's always, it's always like, I don't even know. I feel like it's just sometimes you're like, oh yeah. Like I've had to go through just so much surrendering and like so much humbling through and just like, some like sermon after sermon. Yeah, I just like really tugged on the things that the Lord has laid on my heart, but like, yeah, the surrendering is just like such a hard part of it. But totally, I mean, like, like can't will yourself into
1: do- into doing it. It's like the yeah. Holy Spirit has to like do it in you because, yeah. yeah, you can't just wake up and be like, I surrender. I don't know. It just yeah. I feel like there's so much depth there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then you surrender one thing and then something else comes up, so. <laughs> yes, right,
1: exactly. And, like, being willing to, like, persistently, um, yeah, work through it, even if it's, like, not super fast, but mm-hmm. to get to that point, rather than I think it's easy to, like, make agreements or form beliefs and be like, God, that was the last straw. Like, I'm not going to. I'm going to take control. Like, I'm not going to allow you to like do this to me again or whatever belief or agreement it is. Like, um, we can hold on to those for so long in different ways. And like you said, it is like something else comes up and I think I'm just finally accepting that things are really cyclical. And I think motherhood has been instrumental in teaching me that like, you know, you figure something out with sleep or meals or bedtimes, and then something shifts and not fighting that like it's okay to be like ah this is frustrating this is irritating but also i think i don't know i'm just finally starting to grasp that a little bit and it makes things a little bit less hard um so coming out of that like 3 month 4 month really hard you know first trimester season now i'm in a really a happy season where um the sun is shining, and we have like this amazing family with three high schoolers who um are our neighbors, love our kids, I love hanging out with them. they're like um almost out of school, so they're like super available, coming over all the time, taking my kids to the park for like two and a half hours, so I like suddenly have all this support and like free time, and I'm second trimester, and I'm nesting, and I like have energy to do all these projects. And also knowing like for the first time, I feel like I'm able to like celebrate that and then anticipate like, okay, in the fall, I'm going to have a newborn and I'm going to have a three and a half year old and I'm going to have a two year old and John praise God has six weeks off um, and we'll have family come such a blessing but then he's going to go back to work and it's going to be christmas and you know it's like then i'm going to be parenting three and just knowing like right now is a season where i can celebrate mm-hmm. all these good things and enjoy all this support and do projects and in a couple months it won't be a season for doing projects and it might yeah. be hard but like then something else is going to shift and then it's going to be good again and and not like um I don't know. I think it can be so easy to, to be in the pit. Like I think sometimes no one can really say anything to you to, to take it away or to make you feel better. They're trying to be encouraging and you're like, yeah, but you're like not in my position. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think, um, I don't know, just talking to God, like consistently about it and I've really come to see him as like my dad. So when I'm like praying, sometimes I'm like praying to Jesus, but sometimes I'm praying to God, my father, like my dad and talking to him just like my dad. And that's been, um, so helpful too. Mm -hmm. So, yeah.
0: yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. Happy birthday again! And <laughs> Thanks on your new baby. <laughs> mm. And we'll have to do like a part two when he's here. I so know we His so birth. We can hear about the season change and his birth and the redemption. Yes. Oh yeah, we believe for yeah. redemption. Totally we for ease, <laughs> whatever you're <Yes>. praying for. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I am so excited. I just think what an honor that we get to be women who give birth, who carry babies and who give birth. And um, the fact that, you know, countless times in the New Testament, we talk about like being born again. I'm like, wow. The fact that like the savior of the world came through Mary, through birth, like it's just such an honor. It's Mm -hmm. so cool. And I love everything that you're doing in your heart and this podcast. I just- so honored I got to be a part of it.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm so honored that you had time. <laughs> yes. And yeah. busy schedule. <laughs>
1: totally. It was yeah. so funny because like we were talking about, I did another podcast interview earlier today, but I don't think I, I think I've been on like one other podcast ever. So this is just oh. a fun, like <laughs> not a typical, not a typical day for me, but oh, lots of fun, so fun. <laughs> to be here with you.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, it's been It was so fun. I looked forward to it all day. And I really just like, even this morning, I was just like, Lord, I don't know where this is going to go. And then I emailed you yesterday just with the link and stuff. And I just was like, oh, I just really want to get like, I love asking questions and all the questions that I ask come from the Holy Spirit. And I just ask, you know, like, what am I supposed to ask? What kind of questions do you have? And then I just really want to get into like, just having like my intro says like, Holy Spirit led conversations yeah it's crazy because in every single episode I've done something that I write down or something that comes to mind earlier before I start recording like they will touch on like you talking about yeah just like your girls and how feminine they are and I'm like no way like to me that's just like you know it, it just never ceases to amaze me how yeah God just like creates connection and we're like I'm in Canada <laughs> like we're so far away from each other yeah so it's just, like cool
1: yeah. No, totally. It's, yeah. What are the odds? I, I love when people like, um, you know, you prepare somewhat, but then it's like just being open to whatever the spirit wants to do. That's something mm-hmm. John and I are both super passionate about. So thanks for allowing it to just yeah. <laughs> flow. I always get a little nervous because um, my mom brain <laughs> is very real and I'm like, ah, I don't want to go on a million tangents or be uh, like uh, incomprehensible but you made it easy to share so thank you
0: (laughs) yeah well I'm waiting for an episode to come out on yours (laughs) I know um, I know (laughs) I'll put it in the show notes so people can go back and listen because you have a lot of good episodes and thank you and yeah I think we like like 53 or something we have quite a few And your podcast just like perfectly like encompasses like who I am as a person because it's just Uh, like everything from like homemaking to Jesus to like just all the things. And I'm just like someone who has so many different interests that sometimes I'm like, oh, how do I narrow it down? So it's just like I love listening to a podcast where it's just about so many different things that you can just be Mm. encouraged by. So
1: I will definitely be waiting
0: for the next episode.
1: Yes, I know. Hopefully soon. Capacity is like a whole other yeah. conversation, sure. but, um, but I have a babysitter now, this amazing homeschool high school girl. She is coming over just for like three hours once a week and my girls love her and she's fabulous. So I'm really, uh, once I finish our taxes, <laughs> I will be using that as podcast time,
0: Yay. which is exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Well, yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you again so much for being here. And I know people are going to get so much out of this episode and yeah it was so fun to be able to sit down with you mm-hmm. thanks again for having me thank you for listening to today's episode if you're looking to find out more i'm on instagram and youtube at of interested in doula support head to my website to learn more about my heart for my business and my work as a doula if you love this episode then please share it with a friend and leave a review it would mean the world to me see you next week